Hello and welcome to episode 25 of our weekends booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week's book is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. So I found some cool facts about Madeline. Um, she was born in Boston and grew up in both New York and Pennsylvania, which I thought was pretty cool because that's like from our neck of the woods. Yeah, that was cool. She- She has a BA and an MA, which she got from Brown University in Latin and Ancient Greek. Um, The Song of Achilles was her first novel, which she won the Orange Prize for Fiction in 2012. And what I thought was kind of cool is, like, it took her 10 years to write this book. And the whole time while she was writing it, she spent that time teaching as well. Yeah, and this book actually has, like, 2 million copies sold, which is crazy because... Like, it's from, what, 2011, but I think, like, it just gained a lot of popularity in the last few years. Yeah, because it's all over social media. So I think, you know, when people put their reviews and stuff online like that, it draws attention to it. But, I mean, I'm not surprised that it has over 2 million copies sold because it is an amazing book. Yes. (laughs) This, um, so this is the second book in a row when we've had like major like book hangover like it's great but it is also like making these you know 150 books on our tbr just seem a little too shabby yeah which the the same thing happened when we read the seven husbands of evelyn hugo like the next couple books that we read were just kind of like meh in comparison yeah but this book was really amazing so let's just get right into it um we can start off with Patroclus, he's um, one of our main characters, and the book is also is um, told from his point of view. Which I found really interesting. And if anybody knows anything about Greek mythology, there's so many different ways that they said, like, Patroclus and Achilles were intertwined. It was like they were cousins, and they were friends, and they were lovers. So this book is definitely a fresh perspective but not really at the same time and patrickles's story is pretty sad from the beginning yeah so he is the child of like royalty right his father is a king so he's a prince um i don't think that he had that like prince drive in him though if if you understand what i'm trying to say like he was kind of just content to just be him he he wasn't like Uh, bloodthirsty or wanted to like rule or anything like that so it was very sad when he has like a spat with another one of like the local like noble children and he ends up killing him and he gets exiled to Phythia which is like an island for basically like wayward boys and um he basically like is stripped of his title he's stripped of his father's last name and you kind of like see him like grow up like I, I can't really remember like how old he was when that happened but he's pretty young and he was nine okay so nine so nine years old you know he gets put on this like it's like a far off land to him at this point and he basically is alone and he just has himself and it's very sad like that in itself is just a little bit heartbreaking yeah I mean even though he was a noble, at the very beginning of the book, they say that, like, his mother was a little, um, I think she had, like, mental health issues. And he was much smaller than the other boys. So his father already, like, kind of looked down on him. 
And I think when that whole thing happened with that other boy who like, he was just minding his own business, playing with his own things. And the kid was trying to take it from him and he pushed him and the kid hit his head on a rock, total accident. But you know, it was like one of the first times he stood up for himself. And instead of his father standing up for his son, it was just an excuse. I feel like for him to be able to be like, all right, now I can really get rid of you because you're worthless. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, too, that story is important to the development of his character because he could have done a multitude of things. Right. He could have lied and said that the kid was already dead when he found him. He could have said that he was defending himself. You know, he could have just ran away and just pretended like he didn't even know it happened. But because of the type of person that he was developing into, he admitted it right away. Like, there was no questions. Like, yes, I did it. Well, and let's let's be honest here. In this book, Patrocles is the hero. Yeah, he is the hero. There's no, <laughs> there's no other character that can, you know, say that they're actually the hero of this story. Because you feel like the book is geared towards, you know, Achilles, but really it's not. No, I completely agree with that. He, this book would be nothing without Patrocles. A hundred percent agree. Okay, so he gets to Phythia and um, King Melius is like king of this land who turns out to be Achilles' dad. And he seems like a pretty decent stand-up guy, right? Like, he has all these boys that have either committed crimes or orphans or what have you. And he raises them there. I mean, they're all well-fed. They're educated. They're taught, like, warfare. So he seems like a stand-up guy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's like he's running a halfway house, kind of. Yeah, that, that is true. Or like an orphanage. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all boys that have had some kind of trouble in their life. And so he's trying to rehabilitate them pretty much. I don't really explain why he does that unless, uh, not that I recall, at least. Um, No, it's not explained, but I kind of feel that he's seeking a little bit of redemption because... The story of how he, um, Achilles' mother conceived him, that was a little disturbing. A little? <laughs> that poor woman, no wonder she's so bitter. Yeah. We'll get to Thetis uh, in just a second, but she, um, or, or Peleus, basically, like, I don't want to say raped, but basically raped her, wouldn't you say? Yeah, she was forced to marry him. And I think the agreement was that she had to stay with him for like one year. And so she was like, okay, I can get through one year before she could leave because she's a goddess. So, yeah, he basically rapes her to get an heir. And she, as soon as the year is up, she like disappears. So I think you're right. I think he is trying to redeem himself for the horrible things that he's done. Yeah, because who knows what else he's done besides that. But that, that stuck out in my mind. And I was like, well, maybe he is, you know, looking for some type of redemption. But, I mean, without her sacrifice of this relationship, then we wouldn't have our second main character, Achilles, who everyone knows pretty well from Greek mythology. Yeah, he's probably one of the most well-known 
um, characters in Greek mythology. This story, like you had mentioned before, is not the same. So loosely based historical fiction, um, it's not the same like retelling of how he died. Because everybody knows like Achilles heel, everybody knows that. But this story is like not the same as that. So not all. No. <laughs> so um Achilles is the only son of Peleus, as far as we know, that lives there. And all of the other boys like vie for Achilles' attention. They want to be like his second, they want to be his best friend. And Achilles really, he doesn't have interest in anybody um, until Patroclus has been there for a few years. And then they kind of, it's almost like an opposites attract type thing because Achilles is so, is so, he's beautiful to look at. And he has this like strong personality. He is absolutely good at everything he tries. And Patroclus is different. You know, he's very simple. He's plain. He's not that great at like sports and stuff like that nobody really wants to hang out with them so it's they're completely opposites but achilles picks him and he's basically like i want him as my companion which is a was completely normal back then well and i think that patrocles was you know teased by the other kids and basically like bullying you would call today and you know he never fought back with anyone he just kind of was complacent to be there and I think that's kind of what attracted Achilles to him was that he wasn't trying so hard to get his attention yeah you're right so they like form a bond and over the years like the bond strengthens and um that's when Thetis kind of comes back in the picture she doesn't feel like Patrocles is good enough for Achilles when they're pretty young I mean, their relationship is pretty much they they become, you know, roommates, right? They're they're kind of acquaintances. And after all the time they spend together, they become really close friends, then best friends. And then when they get a little bit older, it's kind of something more. So Thetis, his mother, is watching this relationship develop from afar. And Achilles still goes and see her. And you know, whenever he comes back, him and Patrocles have this conversation where he's like, how's your mother? She's fine. And that's kind of it. Until one day, he's like, she wants to meet you. And you already knew before they even said it. She only wanted to meet him because she had something nasty to say. Yeah, she's she's not nice. And you and I talked about this. And I will mention this later in the podcast. But I think she had, like, ulterior motives to this. So she's completely nasty to him. Basically tells him, like, right to his face, like, you are not good enough for my son. I really suggest that you stay away from him. And she even goes as far as, like, sending um, Achilles away to be trained, like, privately. Thinking, like, okay, that'll put a stop to this. But by this point, you know, Patroclus is, like, ride or die for Achilles. And he follows him. Yeah, they're inseparable at this point. When the mother sends them to Sharon to be trained. And Sharon was a centaur, which I don't know why. I had a really hard time in my head, like, picturing what he looked like. Oh, like, it's like horse bottom 
with arms and a man's like torso and head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I know what a centaur is, but I just in my head I was like, what is this character like his face, like his man face, like the top half? What does he look like to me? And I had a really hard time with that. Because he's such a gentle creature. Yeah, I think that both of them really learned a lot from him. You know, you would you think like when she, when she first sends Achilles, you're like, okay, well he's gonna like refine his, you know, war skills and he's gonna become this like killer. But I mean, it's described that they like spend their time like learning about like herbs and you know um, ways to like naturally heal like infections and how to the word surgery comes up, which I thought was really cool. It's like he explains like what that means and how it's like repairing of like bones or flesh or whatever. And it, I think that in itself was like a bonding experience for them because that was something that they could both learn together. And it, since they were both learning it, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, you're going to be better at this Achilles because you're better at everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that it really did bring them closer together because the simplicity of it was it was just the two of them in this mountain with Sharon learning how to do all these things. And, you know, even though the intention of his mother was to keep Achilles away, there was no way that was going to happen because even at such a young age before, I think they even realized the true love that they had for each other. They were like yin and yang. One could not be without the other. Yeah, and they're, I don't want to call it a love affair already, but we're, we're getting there, right? It's developing. Um, what do you mean they was kissing under the mountains? <laughs> Learn about the herbs. They was kissing. <laughs> it's true. It is true. <laughs> but I wasn't, you know, I think that Madeline Miller developed this relationship between the two of them in the most tasteful, elegant way. Yeah, it was very innocent. There was, and it it was like, I mean, it was like true, like true first love, no matter what the sex of the, you know, the parties are, it, it just had like a, an innocence to it where I just feel like anybody who read the book, if you've ever experienced like a, like a first love like that, you could kind of relate to it. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I think that the love between them was like so much deeper than that. It it was like, you know, the other one couldn't breathe without knowing the other one was okay. And I don't know. It was just, she just, it was so elegantly written. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't even put into words what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like they're falling in love and they could have just like stayed there forever but, of course, all good times get ruined, and Peleus summons Achilles home. Which, I think if it was up to the two of them, they would have just stayed there and lived peacefully forever. But, you know, like any good novel, that's not going to happen, because there's no drama. Yeah, no drama. And this book has a lot of drama. Yeah. So they go home to Peleus, and... When they get there, of course, they're greeted by none other than Achilles' lovely mother. And, you know, his father basically tells them that there's probably going to be a call for war because um, Helen of Troy, who was Menelaus's wife, the brother of Agamemnon, had been taken by Troy. And 
a part that we left out from when Patrocles was younger, when he was the nine years old we discussed, his father took him to Troy and they were kind of all fighting for the hand of Helen. And he was one of the suitors. Is that, I think that's what they used to call him, right? Yeah. That was, you know, fighting for her hand. That whole story came down to they decided to let Helen decide who she wanted to be with. So she did. So they've taken Helen. But at that time, they all swore that if any harm was to come to her, that they would all come to her aid. So they've received this letter and they want Achilles and, you know, Patrocles and everybody else who signed this paper saying that they would be there if she ever needed. But... Yeah, so Patrocles more because he, you know, swore to always, like, protect Helen. But Achilles more because since he's been training and since he is part god, there are rumors starting that he is one of, like, the greatest warriors of all time, right? I would say so. Yeah. So, you know, you're getting Patrocles, but you're really getting Achilles. That's the one you're really after. Yeah, so, but his mother is like, no, that ain't gonna happen. We got all the plans here. So Achilles and Patrocles go to their room for the evening. They have a beautiful evening together. And Patrocles wakes up and he Achilles is gone. And he just thinks he went for breakfast early, woke up before him. He's training, whatever. But to his dismay, he can't find him anywhere. And basically his mother's taken him. Yeah, she's really, like, good at... You know, just, like, showing up and just ruining everything all the time. I mean, I know that they're, like, facing going off to war, but at least they were together. And here she has, like, separated them again. And Patrick is having, like, a hard time, like, finding him this time. Yeah, and it seems like no one really wants to tell him where he is. Now, he finally gets it out of someone that his mother has sent him to the kingdom of Skyros and is hiding him there. And nobody really knows... Patrocles' first name. They usually only know his last name. So it's easy for him to kind of lie about whoever he is. So he lies to get into this castle or the palace in Skyros. And this part kind of made me laugh a little bit. I don't know. I shouldn't have. But his mother was so desperate to hide Achilles from everyone that he, like, grew his hair long. And she had him you know, during the daytime, disguised as one of the dancing girls. Yeah. I mean, she was smart. You know, like, she she pulled out all the stops to hide him. So it made me wonder, like, before I knew what was going on, like, why was she doing that? Um, But he's also, like, living, like, a double life because there are some people that know that he's not a female. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of people because it was protective. And the the king, his daughter and Achilles, heart-wrenching. This was heart-wrenching for me because I felt Patrocles' pain that they were married. And so when Patrocles, like, comes to Achilles, she, like, loses her shit. And she's like, no, no, sir. Your mother married us. You are my husband. Oh, and P.S., I'm pregnant with your baby. Yeah, and I think that that was, like... That wasn't his, like, free will. He didn't do that out of his free will. Like, she, 
I don't know if she can put spells on them or not, but that's what I took from it. Like, she kind of, like, enchanted both of them so that they would sleep together. And at first you think, like, oh, she's doing it. Like, she has, like, this reason she's doing it, like, to secure an heir for Achilles or whatever. But then you're like, wait a minute. Is she just doing it because she doesn't want Achilles with Patroclus, like, that bad? I mean, I think so. Because I don't think... I don't think that she realized the connection that they had and how close they were and how happy they were. I think that she was selfishly looking at my son is the son of a goddess and you are beneath him and you're not worthy of him. So she was going to do whatever she could to keep them apart. But I think she was also desperately trying to save her son from this war that had nothing to do with him. Yeah, and there was a reason why she didn't want him anywhere near that war. Yes. So, Thetis finds out from another god that there is... Oh my gosh, I just forgot the word. A prophecy? A prophecy. (laughs) Thank you. So, there's a prophecy that says that... Achilles will die in Troy after Hector. So as much of like a war hero as Achilles is becoming and will become in Troy, Hector is just as good, right? And I don't want to say they're equals because Hector's not part God, but he's, he's pretty close to Achilles like level. And I think when Thetis hears of this prophecy, you know, she is just trying to do whatever she can do to not let Achilles go to Troy. Yeah, I mean, and of course, this takes the wind right out of Achilles and Patroclus' sails, right? Like, to know you're living on such borrowed time is, I can't even imagine, like, a horrible way to live. But, you know, their whole ruse is quickly upended when... Odysseus comes to Skyros because he knows, right, that they're there and quickly discovers, like, okay, this is really Achilles and this is Patrocles and you're both coming with me, pretty much. Yeah, and, like, Patrocles has to go. He doesn't have a choice. And he kind of is, like, resigned to the fact, like, okay, I'll go. You know, I'll try to stay in the back and try not to get killed by an arrow, but I'll go because I have to, because that's the type of person that he is. But Achilles is like, oh, no, you're not going without me. Like, if you're going, I'm going. Like, we're in this together. And, like, completely, like, forgets about old girl and his baby and doesn't even think twice. Which, you know, I told you earlier when we were talking about this, I don't even know if that was really his baby. I'm just saying. I know, I know. What we didn't mention before was after Achilles and what is her name? Not important. No, it is important. <laughs> it's just hard, it. it's it's hard like... to just, yeah. Diadamaya. After Achilles and Diadamaya sleep together. She does say that she's pregnant, but then, like, a couple nights later, she sleeps with Patroclus, and, like, maybe he's the dad. Nobody really knows. And I don't even know if that was, like, really addressed, but that was just, like, our weirdo brains throwing that in there. Well, because I was like, what is the point of 
even talking about this? Like, why add in the portion about her and Patroclus sleeping together? Well, I think for Patroclus, it, it was more of like because Achilles did it and he had never done something like that, especially with like a female. I think that he just wanted that experience too. And, you know, Achilles is the type of person where he's like, whatever, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything. You know, he was like your true Greek right there. He was just like, whatever, it's fine. I don't care. Because, you know, they don't keep things from each other. No, which I love about them. Like, you know, you usually don't see in a lot of novels where there is like a war story, but then you also have your two main characters who talk so in depth about all their problems and like everything real that's going on in their life. Yeah, you always have, like, the characters that are, like, trying to keep secrets to, like, protect the other one or, you know, trying to, like, do something manipulative behind the scenes so that they're thinking, like, that they're, like, saving their, you know, their lover's life or whatever. And, like, Patrocles and Achilles are not like that. They are, like, we do not lie to each other. We are upfront about everything. There's no secrets. You know, we are, we're, like, life partners, basically. I mean, obviously that's what they are, but to the T. Oh, yeah. And so they end up going to Troy to fight this war. Um, Achilles quickly is like, you know, doesn't let Patrocles fight. He basically has to stay back at the camps while Achilles is out there murking people left and right. And this goes on for the total of this war was 10 years, right? Yeah. Can you imagine 10 years to try and save one woman? One woman. And, like, by this point, we know, like, she doesn't even want to be saved. She left under her own free will. You know what I mean? Like, she she was just like, I'm out of here. She just didn't want to be married to her husband anymore. Yeah, she had fallen in love with someone in Troy. Not in this book, but, you know, we all know the story. We, so. we know the story. Yeah. So these this war is going back and forth for all these years, and you you can just continuously see like Achilles and Patrocles going cr- closer together. Patrocles at one point ends up helping the medics, I guess you would say, take care of wounded soldiers. So that's how he kind of occupies his day. Yeah, he becomes like a field nurse. Yeah, and yeah. he takes like everything that Sharon like taught them, and he like applies it to you know, the, like, the war. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. It's kind of like a full circle moment. Yes, exactly. So, at the end of a lot of these wars, they're left with a lot of bounties, whether that includes, like, people, money, jewels, whatever. And they kind of go down the line from, like, the most respected warrior to the least, where they get to pick items, which is you know, as far as the treasures or whatever they get, that's one thing. But to do that with people, and I know, like, back in those times, that was completely normal, but it's kind of sickening when you think about it. Like, really? Yeah, and I mean, some of these men that were in this war were not, like, stand-up guys, you know? <laughs> they yeah. they were not all, like, Patrocles and Achilles. Yeah, so there was one war that they fought, and there was a girl her name was Briseis. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And she was first thing on the, you know, auction block or whatever you want to call it. And Patrocles can like see the fear in this girl's eyes. And he's like looking at Achilles like, you have to take her. You have to take her because Agamemnon is a bad dude. And they all knew that if he took this girl, she would be ruined. 
And so Achilles does step up and like claims her for them. And basically Patrick Lee saves her. And throughout the next few years of this war, she becomes one of his best friends. Yeah. She's like the only person besides Achilles that is like his, his confidant, you know, he can tell her things like if things are going on between him and Achilles, not like he's betraying Achilles in any way, but he can kind of talk to her about it and, it's kind of sad because she starts to fall in love with him. Oh, I know. I felt so bad. Doesn't she try to kiss him? And he's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. He, like, pushes her away. He's like, oh, no, sorry. Taken. <laughs> Which, like, she knows. But she's like, it's okay. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, girl. It ain't okay. You need to back up. <laughs> You're ruining your own story here. But she gets taken by Agamemnon eventually. And Patrocles is so upset by this and Achilles like won't rescue her. And, you know, at this point, the whole situation that happened, Achilles took as a huge disrespect from Agamemnon. And now he's throwing a temper tantrum and he's like, I'm not fighting in this war anymore. I'm done. Yeah. And like withdraws his troops and everything. And they're just like, you know, sitting on the beaches while everybody's like fighting and being slaughtered. Yeah, the losses are just piling up and, you know, like leader after leader is like begging him, please, please fight for us, fight with us. And he's like, no, not until he apologizes. I'm not going to do it. And I think that's the first time when you kind of saw like Achilles, his real character flaw was he had been so accustomed to getting his way that the first time that he didn't. And it was, like, through no fault of his own. I mean, he he's half God. He's great at everything. You know, he's beautiful. Like, people are going to be inclined to just give him what he wants. And this was, like, the first time that it didn't go his way. And he, like, like you said, threw a full-blown temper tantrum. Yeah, and a lot of people died. And poor Patrocles, he's, like, pleading with him and begging him, like, please don't punish all of them for Agamemnon. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it until he straight up says he's sorry for the disrespect that he caused me. They'll, they'll learn. And this goes on for like a few years, I think they said. Until Patrocles has finally had enough and he's like, please, just if you don't do it for them, do it for me. And Achilles is like, this is the one thing you can ask me that I can't do. Yeah, and this is when the book starts to just break your heart. Just like little piece by little piece by little piece. Yeah, full-blown. I, w- I was telling Brielle that I was, like, getting emotional, even, like, taking notes for this episode, just thinking about what happened in this book. So, you know, if you've listened to us before, like, we don't ever tell you, like, everything that has happened. But I feel like in this instance, it's really important to know that Patrocles loves Achilles so much but he also, like, loves the the rest of the people, right? He doesn't believe in, like, the slaughter of innocent people at all. And he does something rather stupid. And I don't know how far we want to go with this. I think that's all you need to say. Because I feel like if we say too, too much, it gives away, like, the best parts of the whole book. Let's just say Patrocles made a huge sacrifice on behalf of everyone. I think that's the best way to say it, right? Yeah. Yeah, huge sacrifice. Yeah, and 
there was rippling consequences from that point until the very last page of the book. And I think after that, we see Achilles kind of like turn over a new leaf and he becomes like a sap at this point. Like he's. He unravels completely. Perfect wording. Unravels completely. It's really hard to like say anything without giving too much away. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and this is the thing. Like I feel like we've already given our listeners a good bit of plot points, which have been enough to hopefully convince everybody to read this book. And I think we just kind of leave it there. I mean, that's fair. Um, I did want to like question something. Okay. And it may not make sense now until the listeners actually finish the book, but I did, I did bring this up to you before. So when you first like, experience Thetis you are like completely turned off by her she doesn't have Achilles best interest in mind you know you think that she only like wants better for him like because Patroclus is not well he was royalty he's not royalty anymore but the more you read I kind of got the feeling that she tried to break them up so much because of the prophecy because she knew that Achilles wasn't gonna let Patroclus go alone because now Achilles wasn't forced to go he chose to go and I think that she tried to break them up because she was trying to save her son well of course she was trying to save him and I'm pretty sure that she probably knew more of that prophecy than she said. And that's, I think that that's why she was fighting so hard for him and Patrocles to just forget about each other. But I did want, I do want to say that by the end of this book, my outlook on her was completely different. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was like getting at. Like you, you start thinking about her in one way but then, like, when you really think about it, like, I think she, like, had their, both of their best interests at heart, honestly, not just Achilles. She, d- she did, but didn't at the same time. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say enough about this book. Like, if, if you re- listeners listen to one book that we suggest, please let this be it. This was the best book I have read in a very long time. Yeah, we said that last week about the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. But then, like, this is probably... I still am thinking about this book. And, I mean, we read this a couple weeks ago. But I still, like, think about it every day. Yeah. it's it, it was It was amazing. Like, just that there was never a point where you were like, okay, is this going to be over yet? Like, this is dragging. Like, every single page had like a purpose in this book yeah and it's not very long it's only 369 pages which you know we're reading a behemoth right now so that this is nothing but it was like it was easy to read if you are somebody who like gets enjoyment from like greek mythology 
it has like a ton of like little tidbits of Greek mythology in there. Like there are stories about Hercules and there are stories about Apollo and, you know, like any kind of like um, Greek god that you can think of or goddess there, there's like little stories in there. So Madeline Miller, like definitely did her homework. I mean, obviously she's like a Latin and Greek teacher, but she knew what she was talking about and she like explains everything to the T and makes it interesting. Highly recommend. And it'll rip your heart out in the best possible way. Yeah. And you'll cry. <laughs> I literally almost started crying even thinking about it today. But it's like a good cry, right? Yeah, because it's just like this story was like a true hero's love story. Intermixed with so many other elements. It was incredible. Yeah, and Madeline Miller also has um, another book out. It's called Circe, and I really want to read that, too. I I think that we should add that to the TBR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to do it? <laughs> no, I do. I want to do it, but I have so many. I'm trying not to buy any books. Well, okay. Okay. But, well, if we're not going to read that, then I need the listeners to um, listen to... My Tears Ricochet by Taylor Swift because it is the perfect companion song to this book. Yes, and Brielle finds a Taylor Swift song to go with every book we read, but I will say that <laughs> it really does go with this book. It does. Even even when you listen to it, you'll cry. <laughs> yeah, it's because because you, you well, if you can if you're one of those readers that can picture kind of like a movie in your head while you read a book, like thinking about that book in your mind while listening to that song, it is super emotional. It is. It really is. So do it. Listen. So, yeah, I, please read this book, Song of Achilles, Madeline Miller, 100 stars, 100 stars, the whole 100 way. stars. Yes, I agree. 100 stars. This is like a book that I would read over again too. And I don't typically do that. I only have like two or three books that I will read over, but this has made the list. It's like, it would be, it becomes like a comfort read. Yes. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up episode 25. As always, if you liked what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to and head over and check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore books. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.